Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. The winners are the, the people with the most stories. One of the great things about traveling is the people that you meet. I've slept in bus stations, like yeah. I've slept on people's floors. And it's already on fire, and then there's just a gigantic, huge explosion, like out of a Hollywood movie. It's not right or wrong, it's just different. We hired like 10 Chinese prostitutes to come be our audience. We were kidnapped by nuns in Puerto Rico. <laughs> not a good idea to be high when you're packing. You forget a lot of stuff. I got swine flu. By the time you've lived through it, it's just a good story. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Siegel. Thanks for listening. My guest today is Callie O'Connor. And before we get to Callie, I'm going to say a few announcements. Our website is TravelTalesPodcast.com. There you'll find photos of the guests. You'll find stories that they've written, stories that I've written. You'll find all our past episodes. There's links to our guest social media. There's links to our social media. And by that, of course, I mean Travel Tales Podcast on Instagram, Travel Tales Pod on Twitter, We have a Facebook page. You can follow us there. There are links to Stitcher Radio and Apple Podcasts, and we are wherever you get your podcasts, really. We're on iHeartRadio or on Spotify. Find us, subscribe, like us, cost nothing, and that's all I ever ask of you. Give us a good rating there. Give us a thumbs up, subscribe, and I would appreciate it if you did that. If you think you'd make a good guest for the show or you know somebody who would, shoot me a line. You can write me at TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. That's TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. Well, Callie O'Connor, I found on Instagram because she liked something that I posted. I checked out her page, and I liked the stuff that she was doing. Callie has a site called TravelShifters.com. That's her business, and she can be found on Instagram at The Travel Shifters and Facebook uh, group at The Travel Shifters. She also has a podcast of her own, hey, who doesn't, called Travel Possibilities. And Callie's main thing is helping people who want to make living elsewhere or living remotely and working remotely a possibility. A lot of people don't think they can do it. I talk to a lot of digital nomads on this channel, although that's a phrase that (laughs) I found out Callie's not a huge fan of. But Callie's someone who's lived on the road uh, more or less for the last four or five years. She's a person who had a straight job, quote unquote, realized it was very unfulfilling, knew she wanted to travel and live elsewhere, and she went out and did it. And yes, she made some mistakes along the way, but now she's learned from them and wants to teach others how to do what she's done. Because let's face it, a lot of people talk a big game about living abroad or traveling indefinitely, but most never do it for whatever reason. Some people don't want to make it their whole lifestyle. Some people just want to do it for a month or so. So anyway, I was lucky to catch her when she was back east in Massachusetts visiting family, and we could do this interview. You may notice that the interview is shorter than many of the ones preceding it. (laughs) Since the pandemic, I have been recording most of my interviews on Zoom. Well, in the week I recorded this, Zoom seems to have changed their policy and put a 40-minute time limit on uh, all their stuff unless you upgrade. Kind of hit me in the middle of this interview. And I could have stopped down and uh, started a whole new one with uh, Callie and, you know, cut it all together and do all that. But in the end, I decided, you know, this is a pretty good conversation. I didn't want to use up any more time while she was in a closet at her parents' house (laughs) trying to record. And it was a good conversation. I thought, well, I mean, this this might be a good place to stop it. So moving forward, I'm not sure what I'm going to do about the Zoom situation. Maybe use another service or possibly moving forward, maybe all the shows would be under 40 minutes. Would you guys like that? Does it matter to you? Write me at TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com and let me know what you think about it. Either way, this is a slick, tight, 40-minute conversation with Callie O'Connor from the Travel Shifters. Hope you like it. 
Callie O'Connor, the first time I saw your name listed on your Instagram site, you, uh, I thought it was like, oh, she's representing California. But apparently that's your name. Yeah. I mean, I get that a lot. My parents love California, the popular drug cartel in Colombia. But no, it's just my name. <laughs> Uh, so we, you're talking to me from Boston. Is that where you're from originally? And do you live there now? Yeah, so I'm from central Massachusetts originally. My family's in Boston and I don't really live anywhere per se. So I just say I'm visiting right now. Well, let's talk about that. Your homelessness and yes, the problem. Okay. <laughs> no. Uh, so you are, I saw your site, uh, the Travel Shifters. Mm-hmm. on Instagram, and that's uh, been following you for a little while. And it seems like you have a couple different causes, I guess. One is like getting people a career break, right? Mm-hmm. And how to turn their lives around, but also like remote living. Absolutely. Seems to be another one. Is, am, I missing, am I missing something? No, you're not missing anything. And it, like they tend to overlap. And what I do now is sort of like the journey I've gone on myself. So career breaks. Basically, I burnt myself out working and I just cared more about travel than anything else. And I don't think I'm alone here, but it's a really scary path sometimes for people to like take a leap and defy social norms and do something different. And then personally, I ended up going back to work and because I didn't realize there was something else you could do. I didn't realize there were jobs outside of the office. I had no idea. So then I went on this remote work journey and this I'm doing air quotes, digital nomad journey. (laughs) That word doesn't totally resonate with me, but that's what they're calling it these days. So that's what I do as well. So, yeah, I've talked to a number of digital nomads on this on this show for uh, over the last few years. And what is it about that phrase that you don't like? I think it's just like anything that becomes mainstream. I'm just like, (laughs) Uh (laughs) kind of like a little bit cringeworthy. I'm like, no, I'm, I don't know. I've always seen myself on my own path. So once I'm like, now I'm on a path that a lot of people are interested in, just the terminology doesn't resonate, but the lifestyle totally does. (laughs) You were that person said, I saw that band when there were nothing. Yeah, and now exactly. everybody likes it. I was there. I was there at those shows. Uh, exactly. Well, how long have you been doing this? And when did you decide to leave your day job? And what was your day job? Absolutely. So I can take you through. I'll try to do an abridged version. But... We love abridged versions okay. on here. <laughs> so my background is actually chemical and biomolecular engineering. Mine and... too. There we go. So much in common. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Not really, folks. Not really. So after I graduated, I had like a normal boring job. And then I was recruited to go work in oil and gas. And I was just like, hell yeah, because I was so bored at work. And suddenly I found myself in an environment where I wasn't bored at all. But I was it was so demanding and I was so stressed out all the time. But like I was really good at what I did and I was achieving a lot. And my identity got so tied to my job and the achievement and the accolades and all of that. And I also love the paid vacation time that comes with work. Granted, it was only like two weeks when I first started, three weeks thereafter, which is nothing but I love to go on vacation. And so as I grew to love the world more and more, I wanted more and more vacation time. And being the engineer that I am, I did the math and you can't see all the things you want to see if you're working full time and you only have three weeks of vacation a year. 
So I decided to quit my job and travel the world. And that was back in 2015. And I ended up traveling for over two years. And I got to a point where I'm like, okay, now I have to go back. That's what you (laughs) have to do. Just very one track mind. I pivoted industries completely. So I didn't go back to engineering. I ended up working at a language travel company, working with international students coming to the U.S. and Canada to learn English. So it was much more aligned with things I care about. And I liked that job and it was great until, I mean, as with all jobs, sometimes they're good until they aren't anymore. And I ended up in a slight bit of identity crisis, went back to engineering for five weeks where I quit that job as well to go travel again. I think the lesson here is don't hire Callie for your company. (laughs) She will will leave at the drop of a hat. Disclaimer, that's not true, but like... (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. But so, I mean, all this, and so now you're full-time traveling. Uh, How long has it been full-time since your last day job? Yes. So my last full-time job in an office was in, I left in 2019. Since then, I've had a couple of remote jobs, never full-time. And that was by choice because I really value that time freedom much more, especially when I'm traveling. So um, yeah, I've had a few remote gigs that were part-time. Some were more flexible than others. And now I've really just been focusing on my business and not working full-time in that either. Just part-time. Um, so you, you left your job in 2019, just in time for a global pandemic. Yes. Well, yeah. yes. <laughs> how did, how did, uh, how did you ride out the last couple of years? Great question. And I actually forgot a job in there. It was, there was a contract job at the beginning of 2020 with my old company. So I was actually in San Diego working for an international language school full of international students at the onset of the pandemic. And so that was like a mass exodus when the pandemic came and everything started to shut down and all of my students were leaving the country and going back home. And like I had over 800 students. It was crazy. Um, So I spent about four or five months of at the beginning of 2020 doing that job. And then I, I actually loved it. Like I really thrive in crisis mode and I would have stayed if they asked me to, but I was covering a maternity leave and she ended up coming back. And to me, it's a blessing in disguise. Cause then I'm like, Oh my goodness. Now what? I don't know what to do. And that's actually when my business was born. And so I started kind of putting the ideas together of what I wanted to do. I'm like, this is my time. I had always wanted to work for myself, but I just didn't know what that would look like. And so I finally had time. And so, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, is your business model, I mean, when you first left back in way, uh, was it 2015 or something when you Mm -hmm. first quit your job? You didn't have an online business going then? or You you were out there for two years. Were you just living off savings or were you doing freelance stuff? What were you doing? I was living off savings just completely. Yes. I was traveling on a budget and living off my savings. And it's really funny because like when I did quit my job, it's sort of like when you make decisions that are like actually the right thing, what you should be doing for yourself and not what other people think you should be doing, things sort of just fall into place and happen for you. So I was really fortunate. And when I did quit my job, they ended up offering me like a paid leave of absence for a year, not full pay or anything like that. But I like, 
I had to tell them, I'm like, I'm not coming back. It was basically, there was a turn in the oil and gas market. Um, the, yeah, in order to retain talent, they weren't laying people off. They were giving them like incentivized leaves. So paying them like a quarter of their salary to come back a year later. And I told them I'm not coming back and they said, maybe I'll want to. And I said, I promise I don't. And they insisted. So I took it and then I didn't come back. How so did you, there was some money there. Yeah. How did you stretch the budget? Were you going to the cheap countries? Were you like in Asia or um, yeah, just living in Vietnam or something? I was in the cheap countries. I was doing the whole hostel life thing. And I mean, I worked so much in this job that I was able to save a lot of money because I wasn't really doing anything outside of work. So I had the funds if I wanted to splurge. So like it wasn't, I was li- worth, uh, traveling on a budget, but I still had the means. Money wasn't something that was going to hold me back from doing what I wanted to do while I was living this opportunity. So did you have an agenda from the start in terms of like, a, I don't know, a bucket list of places you really wanted to go? Or do you just like take it, you know, week by week and month by month is like, maybe I'll go to this country next week, or maybe I'll go here. Or did you have a, a itinerary? Yes, it, it's a combo. And it was a total hot mess. And I use myself <laughs> as an example of like what not to do. But basically, like I describe it as like when your parents drop you off at college, and all of a sudden, you're like, Oh, booze, like you just have free reign. I'm like, I have no responsibilities. And now I'm going to go see the entire world. And I want to see all of it. And so I had a list of everywhere I wanted to go. There were like probably a hundred countries on the list. And of course I didn't go to a hundred. I had made plans to meet up with friends and family in various places at various times, according to their schedules. And like these countries weren't close to each other. So basically like I was traveling really fast. I was traveling as this, as if it were the only opportunity that I'd ever get to do something like this. And so I had like a plan, but I deviated from it sometimes because that's what happens when you travel, you meet people, you learn about other things, you want to travel with people you meet, you want to slow down. And so it took me about like half of my two year career break to realize that I was getting burnt out traveling and that I was traveling in the same way that I worked and it's not like sustainable. So just trying to achieve a lot, trying to do too much. And so I needed to kind of dial it back, but it was a lesson that I needed to learn. It's a, it's very much a rookie mistake. I think when like, I remember my first time ever out of the country doing the backpacking thing around Europe. And it was just like, yeah, we spent it. We got to go to this country. And then we go there and we're like there for a day. And then we go, it's just, are we just here to say that we were here or just, I'm not seeing anything. I mean, I'm walking around a city, you know, near the train station and taking photos of churches and museums. And I don't even know what I'm looking at after a while. So it's it's funny how it's like I talk to a lot of travelers and the ones who, the longer you do it, the slower the travel becomes. Absolutely. And it's so necessary. And like, I never asked myself why I was doing what I was doing. And that's been like the primary change in how I travel now. Like I actually consider why I want to go to places and why I want to do the things I want to do in those destinations. And it makes for a much more intentional and meaningful experience. Who are the typical kind of people who seek out your business? And and here you can get a plug in. Where do people go to find you? So you can give us the sites. 
Absolutely. So <laughs> you can find me on my website, travelshifters.com. And I work with a lot of travelers who are also like burnt out in their job. They know that there's something more for them out there. But it's scary to take that step, especially when your family, like, no, you're the only one in your family who's like this, <laughs> like us. And yeah. it's just, you don't have the support. So the thing is, when you don't have community around you who's an avid traveler, you're the odd man out and you seem like the weird one for wanting to do something like this to air quotes again, throw your life away, throw away your career in order to live your life. But that's not the reality at all. And the thing is, if you do want to take a career break, that's not going to hinder your career at all. So when I came back to the workforce that first time, when people still wanted to hire me, mm-hmm. uh, I had three job offers. So it w- wasn't a deterrent at all for the hiring managers. So are the people who seek you out, how many of them are looking to like drop it all and just travel indefinitely? And how many people are looking to just, you know, take a year break or take a six month break or a three month break or something? Yeah, that's a great question. And so a lot of people come in with that, like, I want to travel as long as possible mindset, which is actually like really difficult to plan for. And so I was the same way. Well, I came in with like a year and then it ended up being longer. But If you want to take a career break and if you're like, I want to do this for as long as possible, but you still haven't convinced yourself that you're going to do it, like we need to have some actual tangible goals in order to convince your mind that it's safe to do this and to actually take the action and the steps to do it. So I would say about half come in being like, I, this is what I want to do forever. And others being like, I want to do it for one month or three months or six months or whatever. And the thing is like, you don't want to box yourself into a time frame because you never know what's going to happen. Sometimes you might be the person that needs to try it and then be like, this isn't actually for me, but I'm glad I tried it. Or you might be the person who wanted to go for one month and you're like, oh, this is it. I need to keep this going somehow. And so that's kind of why I've built in remote work and remote jobs into what I help people with, because that is a great way to keep the traveling going once you've decided that you like it. And It's also great. I always recommend the break first because sometimes when you are so burnt out at work and you're just like, oh my gosh, get me out of here. I would do literally anything else. That's sort of a dangerous situation because you convince yourself that anything is better. And it's not true. You're going to get yourself into similar sticky situations. My example, going back to engineering, like I just (laughs) wanted to get out and then I had a lapse of judgment. So I think a break is definitely a great way to get started. Well, some people also, you know, they look at it like, I want to travel the world and do and do it. But, you know, a lot of times they're just running away from, I mean, they got a job they don't like. And it's not even that they picked the wrong industry or something. Maybe they just have a bad job. Maybe they just need a new job. And, you know, and they think like, I'm going to travel for six months. And they realize after two weeks, it's like, maybe I just needed a two week break and I'm ready to go back. Do you find that? Have you ever see that? People like, you know what? I'm good. I haven't personally encountered that, but like (laughs) I've heard stories about that. And it's definitely the case because long-term travel really isn't for everyone. No, some people just need a two weeks straight. A lot Mm -hmm. of people, a lot of Americans, especially, they'll maybe take four days here, a long weekend, one week. But, you know, I find, especially if you're going to leave the country, you don't even get into the groove until like the second week or just the pace of 
you know, you're still working on American pace. Like, where's that waiter? What the, you know, it's, it's like, and, and by the second week in Italy, you're like, all right, maybe I'll just chill and have some more wine. And then, you know, maybe a good lunch should be three hours. <laughs> you know? Exactly. It's not actually boring. Like you're yeah. present and enjoying. And yeah, it's, it's so different everywhere else. <laughs> I mean, do you work mostly with uh, Americans? Yes, mostly Americans on the career break path. Um, but with the remote work stuff, I work with people internationally as well. Uh, what are the age of the people that usually come to you? I mean, people in their 20s or do you have middle-aged people who are burnt out or yeah, divorcees? Mostly middle-aged, like a lot of late, like late 20s, I would say to mid-40s, early 50s range. And so a lot of single individuals, some people unmarried, but with a partner, um, just various things. And so everyone has their own unique situation thinking like, oh, well, I am in a relationship. I can't do this or like different or I have a family, but that's not the case. Like basically you can create whatever you want. It's just sometimes people need that push to be like, actually, you can do this and it's okay. Whatever your circumstance is, we can make it work. Do you see a certain kind of person and they go, I want to go live in Asia. And then you talk to them for a little while and they're like, I don't think this person's going to do well in Asia. <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe go to like Europe or so, you know, maybe, you know, maybe Switzerland would be better for you or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> I do know what you mean. I'm like, I get it. And right. some I people think they it. can rough it. Some people yeah. think they can rough it and they can't. And then like you also see the opposite thing where people are very set on like these popular destinations and stuff and everyone wants to go to Tulum and Bali and like uh, yeah. you don't have to go there guys like there are so many other places and so for me like a personal side mission is to sort of focus on straying from the overcrowdedness of destinations like I'm really feeling strongly about the impact we make as tourists and a lot of times it's negative. There are definitely positives in our tourist dollar, but like, I don't want to contribute to the problem doing something I love. And so I'm, that's something that came later in my travels, but it's something I'm really cognizant of and something that I don't, I don't want to point people to make a negative impact on their travels as well. Right. And also originally people like you know, they think they're going to go to Tulum and get away from everything. And then it's it's just a bunch of Americans down there anyway, yeah. shooting the prices up and everything exactly. else. So like in terms of there and Bali and stuff that are really kind of overrun, um, what are some alternatives that you'd like to, without giving yeah. away all your secrets? You can... <laughs> so like there are always alternatives within the same country. So like in Indonesia, there are hundreds, if not thousands of islands. So I personally love Java. I love Sumatra. And they're not your typical digital nomad destinations. You're not going to have your smoothie bowl every morning and like yeah. do CrossFit. But <laughs> like there, you're going to immerse yourself in the culture. There is decent Wi-Fi. You can work from these places and you're going to have a lot, a different experience, but in my opinion, a more authentic experience. And that's what I'm seeking when I travel. And that's like what I've realized once I started asking myself why I want to go to the places I want to go to. And it's not to meet other people doing the same thing as me because I can meet them here in the U.S. That's not my point. That's not my purpose. So, yeah. yeah. What uh, what part of Mexico you think is not getting enough love so well, we don't have to go to Tulum or Cabo yeah. <laughs> or, uh, you know, Cancun anymore? Exactly. So the uh, the 
a lot of places are like, there's a huge uptick in like places in Mexico. And I've been living in Mexico since the end of 2020, more or less, and back visiting in the US now. And I was in Oaxaca City for over a year. And like, I could actually see the increase of tourism over the year there. It's incredible. And I love it. I just, I worry that like some of these really awesome, charming places are going to get to that point because people start learning about them. And like, it's great. I think everyone should experience it, but we need to like, be cognizant of it and not just everyone comes to Oaxaca City for the Day of the Dead, for example. And that's like, that creates like really high prices in the city. It creates like a whole thing. So I don't know how I feel about it exactly. I'm not 100% sure how local people feel about it. But anyway, Oaxaca City. And then there's a bunch of other states in the middle in the mainland Mexico that I'm about to explore this coming summer that I haven't been to yet that I'm really excited about. So I can't recommend them yet, but I have a feeling I'm going to like it. (laughs) So you chose to go there in the hottest time of the year. Yeah, I'm going to be sweating like crazy, but (laughs) that's how it goes. (laughs) That's okay. Irish people from Massachusetts are known to handle the sun very well. I know. I'm getting a sunburn just thinking about it. uh, um, When you yourself took off for the first time, uh, it's, you know, it's it's only been recently that, you know, Wi-Fi has been good enough and broadband around the world that you can work remotely. Uh, you know, I only knew a few people 10 years ago who could work remotely and they were like computer programmers and people doing, you know, I don't know, remote uh, copywriting work or something like that. Yeah. And now you can do pretty much anything, almost. Yeah. I mean, to a, within reason. Um, are there like jobs you steer people into? Like when they say they want to work remotely? Yeah, so... As always, it depends, but like I steer people into different categories. So what we talk about mostly is like, what do you want your life to look like? And so when I've been talking about my life, I'm like, I want time. So that means I need flexibility and like not a full-time job or career because I don't want that kind of responsibility anymore in my life. So the categories we break it down into are like flexible jobs that can be like part-time or full-time, but those are things that you can do whenever you want to fit your schedule then there's the freelancing route and then there's a full-time job for an employer um, or a part-time job for an employer. But like that has the most responsibility because you do have that employer that you're reporting to. And then we also talk about industry and it's important to remember just because you have experience in one industry, like all skills are transferable, you know, within reason without like degrees, like certificates, MD, whatever. But so many skills that you have in your job now can be applied to other jobs. And it doesn't mean that you don't have experience just because like you're a teacher and now you want to go work in tech or something like that. You have a ton of skills. It's just how you present them on your resume. Okay. What was the thing about science that made you want to leave it? Was it the, uh, was it the oil and gas industry itself or just wanting to get out of the scientific field? Yeah, the oil and gas industry is toxic. <laughs> so that's literally, literally, it's yep, like yep, absolutely. What's well, surprising so, to hear because they're always held up as the uh, pillory of uh, honesty <laughs> and uh, I know. never up yeah. to nefarious things. Equal opportunity employers are very yeah, kind of women. great place like, for the planet. Like, oh, exactly. perfect. We uh, care about the environment. Wonderful for the environment. 
Did you wake up just feeling dirty every day? Like, like I literally was because I actually worked out in the field when I first started. So I felt dirty physically, emotionally, all of it. It was just not a good thing. And so when I did go back to engineering, I was working in renewable energy. So offshore wind. So, you know, to neutralize my carbon (laughs) footprint there for for five weeks. For five weeks. (laughs) Yeah. Didn't pay as well. Oddly <laughs> enough, as the uh, as the polluters. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like when when you talk to people, do you really get down to uh, their reasons for leaving? Because some people have some people are just running away from stuff, and that's fine. Travel can be used for that. You know, a lot of people are leaving a bad relationship. Uh, I've talked to a lot of people who they took a year off and after a death in the family or someone close to them. Do you find people like that just needing a career or just a life change? Yeah, I think when people get to me, like they know fundamentally they want to make like a whole like lifestyle switch. And like, that's not just running away from problems. That's like doing it right, figuring out what's going on, figuring out what's going to work moving forward so that they only have to do this once. Mm Because a lot of times when you make rash decisions, and I mean, I've been there myself they don't last. And so you find yourself in the same situation over and over again until you actually learn that lesson. So for me, it's important when I'm helping people, I don't like, I say anyone can get a remote job or anyone can quit your job, but like there are ways to do it to make sure it feels good that you're confident in what you're doing and that like you're aligned in what you're doing. So, you know, you're on the right path forward and that's going to pave the way for whatever's to come. And you don't even know what's about to come. And that's the exciting part. So uncertainty means like possibilities. And that's exciting. It's nothing to worry about. Is most of the work you recommend or help people with uh, remote? Or do you also help them like, hey, if you're going to that country, maybe there's job opportunities to work in that country. But that would also involve like getting work visas and that kind of thing. Yeah, I I work with people who are looking for remote work so that they can go wherever they want and have that freedom of location. And yeah, I'm not specialized in all the visa situations and stuff like that. So what about the teaching English Mm -hmm. online? Do you, is that an option that you give to people? Absolutely. That's my favorite option to give to people. It's the first remote job that I ever did. And it's so flexible and it's awesome. Like I highly recommend it if you want a job that doesn't have a ton of responsibility because you work the hours you want to work and then you're done. You don't have to take any work home with you. It pays fairly well. Um, if you're traveling in countries that aren't as expensive as the United States, you can cover all of your expenses and even save some. And especially like if you're traveling in Asia and that part of the world, that's where a lot of the students are located. So the time zones line up pretty well as well. How, how many hours a week would you have to put in to like live in say Thailand. Oh goodness. So some of the companies like pay up to like $25, $26 an hour and they have like all sorts of bonus structures and stuff like that. So to live in Thailand and certain parts of Thailand, like you could probably get by on like 10 hours per week or less. Wow. Okay. And more if you're living in a popular place like Koh Samui or something like that. Yeah, exactly. So maybe a little, and it depends on like the lifestyle you want to have. If you're cool living in a hostel dorm and eating street food, like you really don't have to work that much at all to get by in Thailand. So like, that's really cool to know and to hear. So there are lots of possibilities. Are you finding a generational uh, switch in terms of like 
kids now who are growing up and they they have Instagram and they've seen so much stuff on the on on line and they also see people influencers who can make their living you know just you know posting stuff online are you getting any of those kids at your door saying hey i want to do this i just graduated college now what <laughs> i haven't seen any of those yet with me and i'm glad because that's not what i can help with but it's, so you're not building new influencers out there i am not that is not my thing good we I, don't need yeah. any more <laughs> there's plenty out there <laughs> yeah um and also youtubers you know they want to be youtube stars yes it's like yeah there's I mean, and the thing is, there's a lot of things out there that you can do. And it's like, it's easy to want to help everybody. But if you try to help everybody, you're helping no one. So like, mm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's the biggest mistake people do when thinking they want to live overseas? What do you see? It's like, and from your own experience, if you could do it all over again, what, what would you have done differently? Yes. So when I first started traveling, like I would have slowed way down. So this whole traveling for the sake of traveling, traveling to collect countries, traveling to show that you're doing the right thing to your friends and family, like, no. And I totally did that because I, as I mentioned, like my identity was so associated with like achieving at work. So I'm like trying to achieve and travel and making sure everyone knew that I made the right decision. <laughs> but that's just, that's a huge mistake. Really ask yourself like what you're looking to achieve out of this. And then the other mistake that I think that we all are making and something that I haven't considered is we always ask like, why do I want to travel? What's travel going to do for me? But we don't ask like, what are we doing for the places we're traveling? And so that's, I think, a huge mistake too. And I think if we really considered that, then we would see fewer people going to those overcrowded destinations and we can share the tourism wealth <laughs> to the places that really do need it. So, now, Oh, now give me your, uh, in a speed round, give me your worst flying experience. Oh, God. <laughs> um, I was leaving Bhutan and I had severe food poisoning. Oh, and yeah. Here we go. On a plane? Gonna, on a plane. Oh. And I had a window seat because I love a window seat. And so I had to oh. ask the flight attendants if I could switch and they didn't understand why. And then they gave me an aisle and they tried to give me the meal. And I'm like, no, thank you. And they're like, you have to eat. And I'm like, I cannot. Like, this is for everyone's benefit. Um, yeah. But luckily I had the aisle seat. I went to the bathroom, I think, 11 times on a <laughs> three-hour flight. It was horrendous. Bhutan's on my list. I mean, it's it's not easy to get to, but uh, I heard amazing things. Yeah. Not easy to get to, but absolutely worth it. Okay. Give me, I was going to ask any health issues on there, but you already got the food poisoning down. Was that your only one? You had a pretty good stomach usually? Oh my God. I thought I had a pretty good stomach until <laughs> January of this year in Chiapas, Mexico. Oh, and no. I was sick almost the entire month. And so it's, mm. yeah, it's not good in the town of San Cristobal de los Casas. It's a thing. Everyone knows about it. Everyone gets sick, but I didn't know about it till I got there. <laughs> Well, ask about that. What about uh, when people ask about uh, health insurance and they want to live? What do you tell them when they want to live abroad? Yeah. So like if you're traveling, so I always keep health insurance in the United States because travel insurance just covers you like while you're traveling. But if God forbid something really horrible happened, they're going to ship you back to your home country and let your insurance take care of it there. So I always 
have insurance through my state. And then I use um, Safety Wing, which is like a digital nomad insurance to cover those little incidental things that happen along the way. Oh, great. You haven't had to use it? No, I haven't. So oh, thank God. I okay. Paid out of pocket for these little things, but my illnesses in Mexico just started adding up. But oh. hey. <laughs> What's next on your bucket list? Where do you want to go? Oh, so many places. I've been saying, like, I really want to go to Sri Lanka. I've never been. I don't know when I'm going to go, but on the short term, like I'm really excited to discover more of Mexico. I have my temporary residency there. So it's like a great opportunity to really dig in to places that people don't normally travel in Mexico. So I'm really excited about that as well. Okay. Um, Give me uh, the country that you were really looking forward to that kind of maybe let you down a little bit. That was kind of a disappointment or city or place. Okay. Um, good question. I think maybe Venice, like I was just shocked how overcrowded it was. And this was, a, this was back before I like cared about that. And just, I wanted to go to all the top things and I'm like, wow, there's a lot of people here. Wow. It costs 80 euros to go in a gondola. I don't want to do that. And so little things started chipping away and opening my eyes. It's like, wow, this is crazy. What about the opposite? What about a place that you weren't expecting you'd like so much and then it just blew you away? Oman. Oman. Okay. Yeah. I don't know anything about it. Oh my gosh. It is incredible. It is like the kindest people I've ever encountered. The hospitality in the Middle East is unparalleled (laughs) and you can camp anywhere you want in the entire country as long as you're not like right in front of a mosque or in like someone's village. Wow. Okay. And how were you like as a woman traveler and a lot of times a solo traveler, mm-hmm. any uh, weirdness, any creepy incidents, anytime you've been followed or anything like that or harassed? Like a small, small handful. So yes, I do have incidents and I'm sure most women do, which is a really unfortunate reality of being a woman out in the world. But like, it's not as scary as you think, like nothing that would deter me from ever traveling again. And so you just kind of have to have your wits about you and be smart in situations when there are people like that. Yeah. And Father, what do you think of all this uh, travel and and all the experiences you've... I'm going to ask this one more time. <laughs> what do you think all this travel and all the experiences you've had, what do you think it's taught you and how has it changed you as a person? Yeah, that's. I love that question. And when I first started traveling, like the main thing I noticed is that I liked myself better when I traveled. And it's because I was able to release control. So at work, like I was good at what I did by like controlling situations. And when I felt like I'm a guest in someone else's country, I had no desire to do that. And so I just felt so much more peaceful. I could let things unfold as they were meant to unfold. And that totally transformed my life. And just (laughs) Like, so that's like a really exciting personal thing that's come from travel. And now just being able to meet people that are different from me, explore different cultures. And like, I am really focused on trying to make a positive impact when I travel, not just going mindlessly to destinations, not just paying attention to what travel is doing for me, but what can I do in those destinations? So that's still sort of like TBD. Cause honestly, I didn't like come to this realization until last year, which is shocking and sad for me, but like, I'm happy that it, it's come to me at this point and that I care <laughs> about it now. So that's great. That's great. 
Well, if you can uh, give us your plugs one more time, give us uh, the websites and where can people find you? Absolutely. So you can find me on my website, travelshifters.com. You can find me on Instagram at the travel shifters. Um, from Instagram, you can find my other links. I have a Facebook group. So you can have that community of people who want to quit their jobs and travel or find remote work. And yeah. No, that's great. Well, have a great summer. Thank you for doing this. And Absolutely. Thanks for you having reached, me. Yeah. Some weirdo uh, emails you and says, hey, you want to do a show? And you were nice enough. Oh, you also have a podcast, don't you? Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> it's called Travel Possibilities. Okay. So you can find it on Apple, Spotify. Wherever you get your podcast. Exactly. Travel Possibilities. Okay. And if you ever need a guest for that, you know where to find me. Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Callie O'Connor, everyone. Yeah.